Welcome to the Pregnancy Help Podcast. I'm Christine Grimmett, and in this episode, Valerie Harkins, our maternity housing specialist, will be speaking with Andrea Trudden, Vice President of Communications and Marketing here at Heartbeat International, about responding to media that is focused on your maternity home, as well as some marketing tips for your home as well. Now, if you work in the pregnancy help ministry and you're looking for an in-depth training that's specific to the work that you do, check out Heartbeat International's upcoming Pregnancy Help Institute. This is a week-long training. We have three tracks, one for new directors, one for fundraising, and one for leadership. And that date is July 24th through 28th, and that's quickly approaching. So visit heartbeatservices.org for additional information and registration. All right, Valerie and Andrea, thank you so much for joining. And uh, Valerie, I'll let you get started. Yeah, thanks, Christine. I appreciate that. And I'm so glad you did a plug for PHI. Um, I'll get this started with telling our awesome housing affiliates and members of our Maternity Housing Coalition that um, that this year at PHI, we have uh, reviewed um, all of our content and have made sure every single workshop is built to support all of our pregnancy help affiliates, including um, our homes. So now what we find are for the, the PHI for our homes, that leadership, advancement, new directors, we know that our maternity homes will be able to come and get um, everything that they need uh, to succeed what they what they're doing in the next year. You know, this is most exciting for our startups, uh, Christine, which is uh, for our new director track. What we're finding is we have an increase in, in homes and what we have actually 20% in the last year. And many of those are not just standalone maternity homes, but they're actually expansions of organizations like pregnancy centers looking to launch a home, uh, which works out perfectly with PHI. So we're so glad to have a resource that's really custom built, especially for this population. Uh, Well, for those of you joining, if I am a new uh, voice to you. Uh, my name is Valerie Harkins. I am the director of our Maternity Housing Coalition here at Heartbeat International. If you're not familiar with that, the Maternity Housing Coalition is the arm of Heartbeat that supports maternity homes. So as you know, Heartbeat International supports all of our pregnancy help organizations globally. Uh, here in the U.S., the way that they do that for maternity homes is through our coalition. And so it is um, an honor and a privilege to serve with you today. We are going to be talking about uh, marketing, media, attention, uh, how to communicate what you do, who to communicate it to, when to communicate it. Uh, we're going to be talking about just kind of what the latest trends are, what's happening in communications lately. How in the world does that apply to maternity homes? So I'm excited for that. I will tell you, though, I am not going to be the only voice here. I brought in reinforcements so that I could have a little expert help. So with me today is Andrea Treden. I will allow her to tell you all about herself and what she does and why exactly I know you'll agree with me that she was really the expert voice to bring in for today. Oh, you're so kind, Valerie. Um, yes, as mentioned, I'm Andrea Trudden. I'm the Vice President of Communications and Marketing here at Heartbeat International. And I've been with Heartbeat since officially 2004, well, initially. Um, and then I took uh, across the years, I took five years off to stay home with my little ones. Um, but really, in my time here, it has uh, included a lot with email marketing and uh, media relations, event planning, all the all the things that um, go on within the pregnancy health world, as well as the national 
um, pro-life pregnancy help movement. And of course, that includes not only um, houses, um, maternity homes, but also um, pregnancy centers and nonprofit adoption agencies as well. So we get to have a bird's eye view as to what is going on across the media landscape and marketing wise. And of course, um, if you've been in this movement for more than five minutes, you know that um, things have been shifting very dramatically and um, not so much in favor of pro-life marketing. Um, we of course see different cyber things going on, different ways that um, we may be censored online or just not even getting into certain um, realms for media. And so we worked uh, with different organizations uh, to really amplify a message of hope, truth, and life um, through the great work of the Pregnancy Help Movement, sharing stories uh, from the clients that have been served in the maternity homes, in the pregnancy centers. And so there are very uh, good things that we've learned over the years of what works and what maybe doesn't work. And then uh, just, again, kind of navigating the landscape and are able to take it from a national level into a local level, utilizing social media, local media, um, and just having that owned media of your own website and flyers, all the things uh, to really communicate the message of how you are bringing um, truth and hope into your community and really helping uh, change the culture to advance um, this pro-life, this loving uh, pro-woman movement that we are all a part of. So I do appreciate you um, giving me that opportunity to talk, but I'm going to throw it right back to you, Val, and ask you to share a little bit more about the Housing Coalition, because I know that um, it's been around for a while, um, but there may be some people who are listening in, and you mentioned our Pregnancy Help Institute and um, some information that we have at our website for maternity housing, um, but that's just a small part. Can you share a, lot, a little bit more and elaborate as to what the Maternity Housing Coalition can provide for maternity homes and how that actually syncs in with the benefits here at Heartbeat International? Yeah, ab absolutely. So each year we are looking at more and more ways to add to the benefits of affiliation specifically for our maternity homes. Um, our, our coalition, MHC, has existed for over a decade now. And that has been in collaboration and partnership with Heartbeat. And then eventually we uh, we joined with Heartbeat. So we are a part of Heartbeat. Uh, and we have experienced the overwhelming support of Heartbeat for maternity homes in the community. That's really opened up a lot of doors for us to support homes in new ways and in greater ways. Uh, several of those include, as mentioned with PHI, events that happen throughout the year. Those are in-person events, like we have our um, annual conference that happens uh, with Heartbeat that actually has a dedicated housing track in it, specifically for maternity homes. We have um, PHI, Pregnancy Help Institute, that we mentioned, that is uh, more and more each year being built to benefit homes uh, uh, just as much or in addition to other organizations that attend, which we're really grateful for. But ongoing on a regular basis, we have regular support going out to our homes. Uh, one of those looks like every month we have a curated newsletter that is uh, specifically talking about maternity housing, a hot topic, current events, 
networking opportunities, resources, learning opportunities, a kind of a digest of everything you need to know for maternity housing. And that hits the inbox for our homes every month. Uh, in addition, we have regular podcasts just like this that are focused specifically on housing. And then every single month we have a webinar uh, that is focused again on one topic to kind of take a deep dive on uh, what's happening in maternity housing, whether that be um, fundraising, intakes, uh, client evaluations, uh, on and on. One of the greatest benefits that we have that I find our homes really like to use is once a month, our homes have access to a cost-free housing consultation. Um, and that takes place with a housing specialist. So what that means is that every month, as just a built-in part of the benefits of them being an affiliate with us, they are able to book an appointment and hop online to talk to someone, um, how myself, or if there's someone that I think could maybe help them more than myself to talk to a specialist about whatever is the latest burning fire in their ministry that month. What is it that they're take they're tackling? Um, perhaps it's negative media attention, like we're, you know, possibly going to cover today, uh, staffing, board training, uh, licensing, who knows. But what this does is it really gives the opportunity for our homes to uh, not have to operate on an island alone, but to not only be connected with other homes, but to quickly be connected with specialists that can help answer their questions as quickly as possible. Uh, I'm going to so cut in real quick. I love that um, element. And that's something that Heartbeat's always really been about is that relationship. And that is um, just huge because we, we know with our clients and the pregnancy out movement that the best alternative to abortion is another person. Um, but same with how we teach. I was loving like everything you were saying. It was like, I kept wanting to yell out, like, can't you just hear how much we love learning? Um, because we know that there's always something new and always a way to connect with somebody. And so I'm so glad that you touted the fact that you have those one-on-one -on -one appointments because it is so important to have that relationship, which is really at the heart of all we do here at Heartbeat. Yeah, you know, Andrea, honestly, it's the main way that I keep in touch with our um, with our affiliates. And I love it. So it gives me an opportunity to touch base with our homes, hear what's happening in their ministry, answer some questions, pray together, uh, but really stay connected to, to all of our homes uh, and the work that we're doing together. So Andrea, let me uh, let me dive into our conversation here and ask you some questions. Give us uh, an update on, I believe, as you said, the media landscape. I love that quote. Give us an update. What's happening in media world these days? And what's that conversation sounding like? Are maternity homes coming up in those conversations anywhere? So that's a great question. Um, as I'm sure many of the listeners know, um, since last June, there has been more of a spotlight on pregnancy help movement in general because of the Dobbs decision. And then because of the attacks that were going on, uh, both physically and via cyber and political attacks against the movement, um, we have seen quite an increase in um, interview requests from reporters. They're wanting to get to know more about pregnancy help organizations in general. And interestingly enough, before the Dobbs decision last year, we had an internal um, commitment with other national organizations to really amplify the message of hope that um, pregnancy centers and maternity homes provide. So we were being very intentional about trying to place 
stories from the woman's perspective um, into various media outlets. The plan was <laughs> to actually get those in uh, into a, a variety of media, um, both through video and uh, interviews. Um, so print media and video. Um, and then the Dobbs leak happened in May. So everything kind of escalated a lot faster right, than we anticipated. Right. Um, but we were already getting those stories really out there more and more intentionally because it was, there's always been kind of a, a love-hate relationship with the media in this movement because local media tends to completely understand the work that we do. They embrace it because they know the community is being served in very positive ways. National media, however, tends to be very different. It um, tends to be, if you don't provide or refer for abortion, you are against um, the progressive movement in general. Therefore, they don't tend to come at it with an unbiased angle, which is very sad. Even watching some things that were on NBC, ABC, the national networks right after the Dobbs case, was really horrific because of the angles they were taking on very beautiful stories um, with uh, pregnancy help organizations. And so they spin it. And it didn't matter the fact that women were being served, that they were um, in a maternity home for a year and now have a really like positive impact on their life and for their child, but it would be spun in different ways. And that's what we've been seeing as we are now in June for the anniversary is those negative spins are coming up a little bit more as well. So most recently, um, what we have noticed is uh, influencers on TikTok have been targeting uh, maternity homes, actually, where it's something that pregnancy centers, we've been dealing with that for a while from politicians and such. But attacking maternity homes and putting very, very, I'm not even going to say a spin, they've been outright lying about the services that they um, provide and giving very nefarious, manipulative ways of um, just a picture of pure evil and to be perfectly honest and, and very uh, backward thinking as to what a maternity home is. So I'll go in a little bit, but I know that I shared or we shared that with you, Valerie, as well to see this. But in this particular uh, TikTok that we were reviewing, they were jumping back 150 years and making horrible claims about maternity homes in particular, um, saying how backward they were and that they were forcing women to uh, give their babies up for adoption um, without any say and um, painting a very, very dark picture against maternity homes. Never mind the fact that the woman who was putting this out there, who has a huge platform, has never stepped foot inside a maternity home, has never talked with anybody at a maternity home. And I know you and I were talking about um, some of the pieces that she was talking about. So I want to hear your thoughts as well on that particular piece. And then we'll talk about like how we can push back against it. But I I'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was interesting uh, to see, because what stood out to me the most with that, Andrea, is this particular influencer, you know, made this recording with a sizable audience with um, with untruths, right? Uh, they were not facts, just black and white. If we were in a courtroom, they were not true, right? So, however, after a string of untruths, what happened 
is she then attempted to substantiate her claims using another media sources uh, report. And that was that particular time was, you know, an acclaimed media source, as you've listed off some of them. And here's the disheartening thing. That media source technically made a report on all facts. So technically, black and white, it was all facts. However, they used those facts to construe an untrue context. So they used the facts, they used puzzle pieces to not create an accurate picture or story. So let's talk about those. So those facts were that the maternity home has a curfew of 1030 and that the women living at the home had to turn in their cell phones. This How did they spin it? Yeah, this particular home uh, had to turn in their cell phones, which this particular home supports minors, but also women um, exiting dangerous situations such as uh, tra- trafficking. And what we know with cell phones is that there are locator tools on those phones. So homes have many reasons for their rules. But what we have found is there is nearly always a a good reason for those rules. Uh, number one is safety and well-being of the women. What we heard was this story being construed that homes were requiring women to exchange their own personal liberties or freedoms, um, essentially uh, being extorted uh, in their place of vulnerability during homelessness or in need of support which doesn't make much sense if you think about it because the home doesn't have anything to benefit or gain by the uh, woman going to stay there. But the perception publicly was that. So it it was difficult because it's hard to refute facts because technically, yes, that home does, that particular home does ask for cell phones to be turned in and they do have a curfew. Um, However, the reasons why inferred were completely false and inaccurate. Uh, And then we also saw that not only was that home not represented or interviewed in that article, they also only represented exactly one resident, but there weren't maybe multiple voices to represent the experience of other residents at that home. Uh, This, Andrea, stood out to me, and I referenced this article because to me, This was the most important piece of the TikTok influencer, because the TikTok influencer had a string of lies that, I mean, we could just shut down in an embarrassing way, just Mm -hmm. not facts. However, she substantiated it to her audience using a trusted source that people trust for truth and technically facts. This is what really brought a lot of this to my mind. Like, you know what? We really need to sit and talk about How do we present our facts? How do we respond when someone is really painting an untrue story or an untrue uh, picture? And I really wanted to hear from you, you know, hey, is this a one-off thing or are we actually seeing this trending in, in communications right now? Yeah. So the big thing going on right now, just kind of nationwide is that um, in the media and such, if you are at all putting somebody's complete freedom and liberty um, in jeopardy because you want parental notification or you want a curfew or you want something that it impedes on somebody just doing what they want when they want it. It is then painted as um, antiquated and old fashioned and 
conservative and it's wrong. Therefore, it needs to be shut down. And this is something that um, is not only true in our issue, but any issue that's out there, because it's a, the trend right now in our culture is self. So when you can't do what you want, when you want it, it must be bad. What they are failing to communicate um, in there, and you are being so kind and not naming that source. I'm going to say it. It was NPR that did an article on a maternity home, and it was a fine article, again, factual and stuff, but being leaned on dangerously, because when you take a whole bunch of lies and then you say one piece from an article and point to it, people are assuming then because unfortunately people have a two second attention span, they won't go and do the research. They're taking the influencers word for truth. They won't go and actually read the article to follow the woman's story and or hear the other side and get a little bit more um, information because they might have been enlightened in that moment. Now, what we really strongly encourage is unless an organization is being called out directly, then simply as a pregnancy health organization, as a maternity home, be educated internally so that you can communicate effectively to your supporters and your community with the work that you do and the success stories that you have, but don't necessarily feel that you need to respond um, to every negative report out there. So we here at Heartbeat International, working with our lovely Maternity Housing Coalition, have put together some pieces that can be very helpful. Um, and we can, we, these are the things that are in those lovely monthly um, e-newsletters that we send out, as well as um, as affiliates, you get access to these pieces. But we have impact reports about maternity housing in the U.S. so that you have the, that data point um, available. Because like in this influencer video, for example, she's saying, you know, something horrible that is now becoming a thing are these maternity homes. Well, the reality is maternity homes have been around for more than 100 years easily. Um, and as Valerie mentioned, the Maternity Housing Coalition has been around for more than a decade. So we're clearly not new. Um, we've been at this for a while and we have the data to prove it. So it's good to have these stats available. And if you don't have your own internal stats for like how many um clients you've served in a year, what services you provide, um, what life skills training are you offering, have those pieces ready. Um, I encourage just to have four supporters wanting to learn more about you. Um, but also, if you are asked questions, um, you'll always have a story ready because, oh, well, yeah, Rose was here uh, two months ago and share her story. You have them at the ready because they're in your homes. Um, and you can follow through. And then we all have those clients who stay connected because their lives were impacted so much. Tap into those and continue to share those, um, again, with your supporters already. Uh, but then if you are asked um, by a media uh, consultant or just putting stories out on social media, you don't have to put real names. You can simply share stories with generic um, either aliases or to share a tidbit without any names or pictures. I have to do my disclaimer. If you ever do use a name or a photograph, make sure you have a release on file because you do not want to put something out there then have a client come back and say, excuse me, why are you using my name? That, that's not okay. So we always advocate for and strongly urge you to use a release um, and have that on file for yourself and for your clients. It is possible that once you have that out, she may ask you 
to take it down. That's very rare. Um, but we always respect um, the client's um, notes and desires in that aspect because it is their story. Um, we also have our life trends report, which you can find online at heartbeatinternational.org slash life trends. And this includes movement wide information. So you as a maternity home are part of a bigger network of care. And that's where um, the life trends report starts to talk a little bit more deeply about we have this massive network where we can connect pregnancy centers and maternity homes and women to the needs that they have in their community, um, specifically through our option line and through our housing locator, which I'm going to ask Val about later. Um, but it also kind of gives a, a very high level perspective as to what pregnancy health is. And so by educating, again, educating your staff and yourself, it gets you more equipped to answer any questions that may come your way, um, asking you about, well, do you force women to give babies their babies for adoption? Which, by the way, that's a term that we don't say anyway in this movement. We place children for adoption. But anyway, if you are asked that question, you can kind of give them a look of, well, I'm not certain where you heard that. What we do provide is, and go into your services, share the great work and stories that you have on site and um, use that as your catalyst. What we've been doing as well is sharing stories proactively through our social media networks. Now, I know that that may be a little different um, with maternity homes because some are more quiet um, as they are more safe homes. Um, so totally fine. I would still encourage you to collect those stories and uh, share certain aspects, even if it's verbally with your supporters um, and such, but um, have them at the ready because what we are doing from a national level is sharing those stories about maternity homes all over the nation and getting them into more nationwide news outlets so that we can help educate um, and push back against this narrative that is just starting against maternity homes. Um, and just for, the, for a note, we're not concerned too much that this is going to be a trend because while this is one influencer so far, um, the work that you do in maternity homes is so good and so selfless, it is hard to attack. But because of that, and because of the Dobbs decision, putting everything back to states, they're looking for, some activists are looking for any reason to tear down anything that does not push the abortion narrative. And that is a sad reality, but it is a reality. Um, and so it is important to push back against the narrative proactively, which is why we're going ahead and doing this, um, but being ready to respond if needed, in which case that's where you need to tap into the housing coalition and talk to us. And we can um, prepare you for any media training that you may need. We can talk things through and address whether it's this one, this media request may not be worth answering, or you can always feel free to send them our way. And we here at Heartbeat International can answer some questions on behalf of the Housing Coalition um, as a whole, because we do understand that this is new waters. This is not what you signed up for. Um, your heart is for helping and serving the women in your community and, and beyond um, and helping them make positive choices and gain key life skills, not deal with pesky media <laughs> reporters. That's our job here. Um, and we're happy to do that on your behalf. 
Um, but one more site that I do want to give a heads up on uh, in the fact that pregnancy centers have been dealing with these targeted attacks for quite a few years um, is pregnancycentertruth.com. And that site, it kind of goes through, it walks through these continuous claims. And um, if we start seeing this a little bit more directly targeting maternity homes, we will build it out even more with the standard claims against maternity homes. But you can see some of the, um, just the same lies that have been out since the 90s and how to refute them in a respectful way that just gives facts and data and then turns it around and kind of spins it to where it's asking the question is that, well, not even certain why this is an issue because all we're doing is serving women and providing them a home and life skills. So uh, there's a lot of info there, um, but, <laughs> but it is kind of why we look at it, this as a national level and then how we can combat it with very positive, uh, proactive stories to share to really encourage people to have a better understanding of maternity homes yeah, before sure. an influencer's words can even creep in. Absolutely. Uh, that was helpful, very helpful information. Um, I will be sure to, we've sent them out before, but I'll be sure that we have links uh, in our next Heart and Home edition for our homes, referencing some of those resources that you mentioned, just to make sure everyone has something in their hands to help them. But, you know, a couple of thoughts came to my mind while you were talking, and I, I want to point to a couple of things uh, to encourage our homes uh, with. Mm -hmm. And some of it is, I just want to point to the mindset or perspective of how we approach things. Uh, but, you know, it wasn't long ago, I went to visit somebody in the hospital, sweetest person in the world, really. Um, this person didn't do anything wrong to be in the hospital, but they were sick, meaning without blame, sometimes life happens, they were ill. And they were in the hospital and that hospital had uh, visiting hours. They had a curfew. And, you know, it was the um, most interesting thing because as we were visiting, you know, a nurse came in and told us, hey, visiting hours are up, got to go uh, without really any regard for if the conversation was done, if we wrapped up, if we agreed, you know, or even the patient's preferences or requests. And the reason why was because that created the best environment for the patient to recover. And they were the experts in that. And they knew that. And really and truly, whether I liked it or not, my opinion was irrelevant to that nurse. She wasn't shaken by how I felt. Now, I happen to agree with her, but I recognize that, you know, they have policies in place that are in the best interest of their patients. And everyone can kind of get on board or not. Now, we don't have to do that with homes, but I just realized, you know, that's the reality that they get to operate in all the time, right, as medical professionals. And as maternity homes, we are the experts in serving women um, that are in their own crisis in life, whether it is a result of a long string of choices or not. Maybe they've been completely victimized um, by a set of uncontrollable circumstances, which we see a lot. So regardless of the reason, this woman has chosen voluntarily uh, to come into the program of this particular home. And we have to trust that we are a collective body of experts to protect her environment to recover and to rebuild her life and the life of the soon-to-be infant or maybe her young child that she already has. Uh, and in that regard, I think that gives us the ability to maintain our peace 
uh, and our joy whenever we present our facts or to feel confident in our rules. Like, yeah, you know, there is a curfew. Um, And we feel good about that because we know that this is in the best interest of the patient. We also know that the door is unlocked and they have complete freedom and autonomy to leave at any point. Right. Um, And so I kind of want to encourage our homes to remember that, hey, while you can explain what you do and why you do it, um, just like the nurse at the hospital, you don't have to. You can keep your peace and joy and be confident in what you do uh, as you do it. The second thing that I was thinking about, Andrea, as you were talking is the opportunity for unification, um, Mm -hmm. bipartisan unification, because housing is so pro-woman, it's almost pro-everything, really, almost any stance that you're on. Uh, if we take our eyes off of abortion for a moment, uh, but we look at if we're supporting women, if we're supporting children, if we are advocates for helping children exit foster care, helping prevent children from uh, going into foster care, helping uh, women in- involved in the opioid crisis, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it helping prevent unemployment, helping to regain employment, savings, education, you name it, housing nationally across the board tackles these large scale issues. Uh, And they do it uh, with joy. They usually do it on a shoestring budget, usually privately funded, and they've been doing it for years and years. So I really want to encourage homes to remember all that you do and that you are a core foundation piece of your local community. And whoever is standing in front of you, the odds are, regardless of what side of the aisle or what their perspective is, you probably agree on more than you realize. So if you are maybe reaching out to your local uh, policymakers, and maybe y'all don't agree, uh, maybe you are in different political parties, but if you look at what they're doing, and they're all about maybe sustainability, medical insurance for all, medical care for the indigenous, uh, food access for everyone, whatever that is, as you go through it, you'll be able to check the list. Like, yes, we help connect people to medical care. Yes, we support them with food access. Yes, we provide education. Yes, yes, yes. And I would encourage you to have the conversation about your yeses and, and to not really feed that fuel that fire on what you differ on. What I find, I mean, truly, if you count it up, you can count dozens of points that you agree on and how you can present that you are actively applying time, energy, and money into supporting your community in those areas. And maybe you have two points you don't don't agree on, right? Uh, what I do want to encourage you is that usually whoever you're speaking to, it is it is in their advantage to partner with you uh, and to network with you because you do agree on these points. So yes, and responding to negative media attention, absolutely, I would encourage them to just remember that nurse that was confident and joyful in the hospital, caring for her patient and secure that I am not a medical professional and she is, and she knows what needs to happen. And also the rules are stated publicly. So that patient is more than welcome to request a transfer to another hospital, but that hospital is a a protected place for healing. But otherwise, go hard on talking about all of these amazing things that you do and how this unites our our political parties across the board. Yeah, it's really hard to to push back against the great work of maternity homes, which is why I'm so glad that we are working um, alongside 
the coalition and growing those numbers, as you said, 20% um, just this past year to really uh, expand because it, it is something that with the magnification or magnifying glass on pregnancy health, they see that, oh, well, you guys are doing pregnancy centers and what is this home over here? So it's actually allowing people to learn a little bit more about the whole vast world of pregnancy health while seeing the needs um, that already exist. And we right. noticed that, what was it? 38 pregnancy health organizations also are working with like operating a maternity home because yeah, that connection is so good. More than that, certainly more than that now um, of that 20% that we saw increased, you know, the majority of that was actually organizations expanding their services to mm -hmm. include housing as holistic support for women. Um, and we've had a lot of growth. One of the um, one of the fruits that's come out of that uh, growth is we have built our housing locator tool on our website, paternityhousing.com. But this tool is um, exciting. It's the first of its kind. And it is a partnership with pregnancy centers and maternity homes. It gives for the first time the opportunity for an advocate at a pregnancy center, um, on a bus, on a sidewalk, at a restaurant, whatever, working with someone to be able to pull up a quick website, click on our find a home, maternityhousing.com, find a home, enter the criteria that this young woman uh, needs in a home. Does she have multiple children? Does she have current drug use? Does she need, is she in college? Whatever that is, right? Enter that in. And then it produces results nationally of all of the homes that meet those needs. That alone would be exciting for all of our partners. But here's the deal. Our maternity homes have partnered with us to go a step further so that now there's an apply now button inside that tool. So immediately she can select apply now, fill out a very short application form and her process to starting a new direction of life has now started. And that info gets sent directly to the maternity home and they pick it up and proceed with their processes, whatever their interview and uh, you know intake process may be like, they pick up the ball from there. So what used to take um, sometimes days or weeks of picking up the phone and calling around, trying to find a home uh, that one has a bed, that two, she qualifies for, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now all of that happens in a span of five minutes or less. Uh, so these are exciting times. It's coming out of um, these larger discussions, larger attention being turned towards homes, expanding housing, expanding services to include housing as holistic uh, support. And then more than ever, a strong bond and partnership between our pregnancy centers and our maternity homes. Uh, I'm pretty excited, pretty excited about it, Andrea. Well, it goes to that speed to service element that we are all about here at Heartbeat. So thank you so much for um, inviting me on today, Valerie. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So hopefully uh, we'll have you on again. I can pick your brain more uh, for all things housing and communications. Oh, anytime. Well, thank you, Andrea and Valerie. It's always so good to hear about the growth of the housing community. So we look forward to that um, housing locator tool growing as well. I'll drop a bunch of links into the show notes. I was typing as I was listening to you too, because there are a lot of things that were mentioned that I can put direct links to right under these uh, this podcast episode notes. So check out those in the description. And uh, of course, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Pregnancy Help Podcast.